0: To this free event, we are bringing together four area leaders in the Bucksmont area Hope Bear, the Chief People Officer of A Weber, Diana Asbury, the Marketing Director of Workzone, Kevin Nolan, President of Nolan Painting, and Jim Bishop, President and CEO of the Cornerstone Clubs. We are talking about how to put a culture mindset to work in your business. This event is jam packed with leaders that have a real focus on culture in their organizations. It improves retention and it doesn't have to cost a fortune. Kelly and I are going to be moderating the discussion. We're going to have light refreshments featured by A. Weber, and we can't wait to see you there. Join us on Monday, April 29th, and again, doinggoodbusiness.com for tickets to the free event. We'll see you there. Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business podcast hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Doing Good Business. Kelly and I are super excited today. We are going to talk to you about how you can crush your competition and skimp on employee benefits, cut them to the core, boost your bottom line by cutting every single corner you possibly can. April (laughs) Fool's!
1: Just kidding. (laughs) Oh, we do love April Fool's Day here at the Doing Good Business podcast. And of course, because we also love to share our knowledge and best practices with people. I just found this to be extremely fascinating. Of course I had to look up the origins of April Fool's Day. I know nothing about it, so I'm super excited. I'm gonna learn with everyone listening. Well it was very interesting because you know there's about fourteen different stories, but so here are the here are the ones that I kind of globbed on to. One of as it was an interpretation of Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. So there's a portion of that when He talks about a certain date that could have been misinterpreted and April Fool's Day could actually be May 2nd. Huh. Uh, it could be that there's So then it would be May Fool's Day. Exactly, (laughs) right? Which would be right after May May Day. Yeah. May one, right? So um, then there could be biblical origins around mm-hmm. this, something tied to Noah when he sent out the dove and it, the flood wasn't over kidding, yet. Was was Like, just kidding, there was no like, flood? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, April <but> that's <laughs> funny. No, but that the dove came back and, and he thought the flood was gone, but it wasn't, you know. Huh. So like, haha, April Fool's, okay. it's still flooded, which seems cruel. Um, And then there's a lot to do with fish. Like, who knew? And there are a lot of countries that place an emphasis on fish with April Fool's Day to the extent that newspapers would spread a false story on April Fish Day. That's what they actually called it. And a subtle reference to a fish is sometimes given as a clue to the fact that it is an April Fool's joke. which reminds me of another story. So I'm sure I've only mentioned like a thousand times. My father was in Vietnam when I was a little girl. And I remember when he came back, he was talk about the guys in his troop, right? And there was this one guy that they called Tuna. And for a long time, I thought the man's name was Tuna, but it wasn't. <laughs> but they called him the Tuna. I'm like, well, what do you, why do you call him that? And he said, because he's so easy to fool. We can just reel him in. Oh, and they were always playing M- jokes, you know, to kind of keep their morale up and mm-hmm. things like that. So... So, fun, fun facts. You That's heard awesome. them here first, heard folks. heard them here first. Fish, April Fool's, the
0: Bible, and maybe it was really May
1: 2nd? All right. So right. Don't say it. we never taught you anything. So, good news for everyone, especially us in our studio. We have no fish here. <laughs> but we are going to flip our conversation today in honor of April Fool's slash fish day. Because a lot of what we talk about at Doing Good Business is about leadership for leaders at different levels of the company. Um, But clearly that's an important part of improving your business, right? It has to come from the leadership. However, there's also... This whole idea that that everyone contributes, Lauren, and right. before we we started the podcast, I think you said it better. But you know, uh, employees can really make a contribution because it's kind of everybody's response. I
0: think everybody can be part of the solution. You know, you yes. hear when you're talking about change management, you hear about top-down change and bottom-up change, and mm-hmm. really, what I think is most effective is like somewhere in between of both of those. Mm-hmm. So today, we're going to talk about what you as an individual contributor or what you mm-hmm. as an employee can do to really foster that doing good business culture in your company because it's not just up to leadership. Everybody really right. contributes to an organization that is out there doing good business.
1: I couldn't agree more. And certainly, you know, Laura and I are our advocates for this. But if you are working in an organization that is is even remotely trying to do good things, support that, support that effort. So that's really where this comes from is to say, you know, let's make it successful.
0: Yeah, well, spoiler alert, our guest (laughs) next week actually shared with us that a lot of her business comes from just a couple of vocal employees who really have a green environmental mindset Mm -hmm. in the company. So definitely check back next week, but that really, you know, it lends to what we're saying today and that everybody can be a part of the solution. And, you know, quite honestly, if you don't ask for something, you're never going to get it. If you don't make it, a part of your daily you know responsibilities to contribute mm-hmm. to the culture or to improve this or to suggest that you kind of forfeit your right to complain
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we like to be proactive here at, at doing good business. And, and I'm going to refrain from sharing making this a strategy. I'm not going to ask you to set goals and objectives and tell me what your action items are and how you're going to measure it. But we are going to share some I'm of I'm actually going to
0: ask you to do some of that. So it's fine. <laughs> Kelly's rubbing off on me.
1: <laughs> As we complete our fusion into one person. Um, but I think one of the first things that you can do is, and this is definitely your area, Laura, and, and I, you're rubbing off on me. Hey, Take care of yourself. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to be in balance first before you can go in and be effective in any way. Right. Right. And so for me, I always think about choosing happiness. And that was, you know, um, Barbara Bush, um, George Mm H.W. Bush's wife. Mm -hmm. She was one of the first people I heard in an interview. She said, you know, somebody said to her, oh, you're so, you're so happy. And she's like, well, I choose happiness. Yeah. So choose happiness and do all of those good things that Laura tells you to do, Mm -hmm. those self-care items, Mm -hmm. to make sure that you've got a full tank before you go anywhere.
0: Yep, I agree. And I think one of the things that, like, I've seen this meme so much, and it's really true, um, you know, self-care is more than, you know, bubble baths and, you know, uh, I don't even know, like a glass of water, like whatever. It gets Mm -hmm. really, like, I think the concept of self-care gets really just... uh, I don't know, diluted, diluted, exactly, that's a much better word, much better, Mm -hmm. and one of the things I think is an important component of self-care, and so much of the work that I do with clients, whether it's individual or companies, are boundaries, Mm -hmm. and that really comes out, like every single person in a company Mm -hmm. has to have boundaries, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that you need to set expectations with people, and explain to them how they're going to do their job, that's a boundary that you're setting, you know, as a person working for that leader, you need to say to them, gosh, okay, I'm happy to do A, B, and C, but if you want me to add D, Mm -hmm. what do you want me to take off the list? You know, that's a boundary and that's taking personal responsibility and it contributes to a culture that is not going to lead to burnout and not going to lead to people who have high turnover and don't want to work there and have a terrible culture Mm -hmm. because we've got communication, we've got personal responsibility, and we're setting those boundaries and appropriate expectations.
1: Could not agree more. That is the let hard me practice work of self-care and self-kindness. Repeat with me. Okay, I can do A, B, C, and D, but if you'd like me to add D, what was it, Lauren?
0: I would like you to let me know how I should reprioritize because I'm not mm. able to add all of that onto
1: my plate right now. See, it's mm-hmm. good stuff.
0: Yeah. There's all a right. way to have those conversations that's not just... Oh my God, I totally can't do it. I'm freaking out. How Bob asked me to do that? You know what I mean? Right. Let's actually take a step back. Take a breath. Take a breath. Get yourself back to a place where you can have a, you know, mm-hmm. normally toned conversation. Mm-hmm. And then have that conversation. I'm happy to do E. I think E is a great idea to add. With mm-hmm. A, B, C, and D... I'm not sure that that's actually going to all be doable within the same time frame. So Mm -hmm. help me prioritize what is most important and let me know where I can kind of
1: pull back on some of those existing projects. Absolutely. And the same is true in reverse because we've all met those people who delegate up. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) I do talk a lot about managing up with clients, but delegating up is a good one. (laughs) You
1: know, um, I've met a few of those in my career. They just have a funny way of getting that stuff right (laughs) back up on the boss's plate. Wow. How do you do that? Um, So... You know same thing for the boss uh, for the for the boss listen to me yeah. hashtag boss um but for the leader, you know setting those boundaries is really important because then I think it it really ties in nicely segues to the next part of personal responsibility, which is show up as your best self yeah, right bring your enthusiasm, your mm-hmm. excitement, your passion, your curiosity, whatever that is bring it mm-hmm. like literally I don't know, maybe. <laughs> going back to a couple of episodes ago but let me just throw it out there let your freak flag fly yes right what is it you that people to. love about you right exactly mm-hmm. don't leave all mm-hmm. of that someplace you know hidden you know just for when you're singing in the shower right or you know dancing when you're getting ready in the morning just go be yourself and let some of those really cool happy positive things show up in your work i um, love that so much
0: and that actually just gave me an idea like one of my Favorite personal exercises to do with clients is to say to them, you know, we all have that negativity bias that we've talked about. And I love to give clients a homework assignment of reach out to your like two or three closest people. And just ask them, like, my crazy coach gave me this assignment, please, could you just reply to this email? And ask them, like, what is it that you like about me? Why do you Um, hang around with me? What is it that you see in me that you value? mm -hmm. And really thinking about, if you did that with your coworkers, you know, what would they say? Would they even know how to answer that? And if they wouldn't, that's your opportunity right there to come in and be, you know, maybe somebody loves you because... You're super empathetic to, Mm -hmm. you know, one of your closest friends or, you know, you always show up at just the right time with a casserole. You don't even ask what you can do. You just show up with it. How can you bring that to work? Maybe you pick up donuts on your way in tomorrow. Maybe that's how you bring that part of yourself to work. But really thinking about how you bring some of those awesome personal values into your professional life.
1: Absolutely. And if those things are waning. If you find, for whatever reason, you know, maybe you're just kind of, you know, in a, we'll just call it a slump in mm-hmm. your own life, or you've got something going on, or maybe it's because you're unsure, right? That culture yeah. may not receive it yet, mm-hmm. but in some way, there's some disconnect, and maybe you've just been working there for a really long time, and you have lost that that love and feeling. I
0: was just thinking that. you read my mind. Oh, my goodness. We're not going to sing, guys. I, I promise, but promise, it's tempting.
1: But you know, you've lost that one feeling. So how do you get back to that? Yeah. Well, I have great great suggestions for you. At least I think they're great suggestions. You (laughs) know they are because there are a lot of things you can do personally that will stimulate a lot of what you need on the job. Mm -hmm. You can go take an art class. Yeah. Go write poetry. You could join a curling team. Yep. Yes, I do know someone whose sister joined. Uh, there's a bucket. I know somebody who's on a team. curling team. How cool oh, is yeah. that? Right? Because these things all start to you know, stimulate different areas of your brain. And what you're doing with this or anything that you choose to do that's appealing to you, that's a little bit of a stretch or something outside of your comfort zone is it's showing that you can study something. Yep. You can become an expert in it, right? And these are the things that you need to do on your job anyway because you need to, you personally need to be bringing real value. Yeah. And you know that in your work with talent acquisition, right? You know, people need to be able to say, I'm applying for this job and here's the value that I believe I can bring to this right. organization, right? Yep. So when you are studying all of that, you are proving to yourself once again that, oh, I can do these things because right. maybe there's something new that's happening on your job. Gee, does that happen to anyone? Maybe <laughs> there's something new you need to learn on your job, right? So that same enthusiasm that you were feeling when you were studying something fun that you really love to do, that creates energy right? For you. And you can bring that whole energy then to say, you know what? I'm really going to learn about X, Y, Z, you know?
0: I love that so much because I talk a lot about that whole lather, rinse, repeat life of like, you get up, you go to work, you do your grind, you go home, you feed the kids, you go to bed, you do it all again the next day. Learning something new, doing something. My my therapist just said to me, "Novelty is yes. the seed of happiness," and I, I was like, "Love it! Wow, that is an amazing life advice statement yes. that never even occurred to me." It really it reinvigorates you. It brings mm-hmm. energy back. It gets you out of that lather rinse, repeat mindset, and it gets Absolutely. you back into a place where suddenly ideas will start flowing. I have had the best business ideas about as I'm about to fall asleep. As I'm in the shower, as I'm getting a massage, it's when I'm fully relaxed. And yes. I'm not just buzzing and stressed and all that. Mm-hmm. Suddenly creativity starts to flow
1: again. Mm-hmm. Activate it in your personal life and then mm-hmm. engage it in your professional life. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. And and then hearkening back to what we just were saying about supporting The the business leaders who are trying to do good business, right? So now you've come back, right? You've filled your tank. You're excited. You're like, I'm taking this on. I feel good about this. You're awake again. (laughs) Exactly. So there's certainly things you can do. We don't know all of your jobs. There are certainly things you can do within your job to show that immediately. But you can also volunteer at work, right? Right. And we talked about that, too. You mentioned uh, there, you know, um, in next week's episode, we're talking to someone who talks about one or two people in the company who's yeah. got an idea, right? They're passionate about sustainability or recycling, and, and that can lead a whole effort. But also... You can look at it from just your personal traits. If you're a good communicator and you know your boss, right, uh, your manager, your CEO is trying to get some lift off of something really, and really get something new or different working in the organization, help them by being an ambassador for right. that. Right, You know, I feel that everyone in an organization can launch a communications campaign around the water cooler. And that can either be a positive communications campaign or a negative communications campaign. But it's within your power. It's how you position it. It's not rolling your eyes, right? Right. It's going, yeah, this is kind of cool, right? We're trying something new. Well, we'll see where it goes, right? I hope it works. I hope I'm rooting for them, right? However you want to say that, but you can volunteer informally by just saying, I'm going to be an advocate for this. I, I recognize what this person is doing and I want to support them in it. And if you're not a communicator... That's okay. We still have a role for you in the volunteer world because maybe you're more of an analyst and you would volunteer and go up to your boss and say, Hey, I know you're trying to do this. And I listen to the Doing Good Business podcast a lot where they talk about having measurable results. And I know we're going to need to, you know, capture some data and track it and measure it. And I'd like to help you do that. Perfect. Because the person who's initiating these things can't do all of it. It's not to say they haven't thought about all of it, but boy, wouldn't they like a helping hand every once in a while yeah. to say, Hey, you know what? I'll do that cuz that's really right up my alley and I like to do those things. So that's another way.
0: And by the way, if you're looking for career development either within your company or, mm-hmm. you know, beyond your organization, there's no better way to do it than to volunteer for something. It gets you more mm-hmm. exposure, mm-hmm. it gets you more relationships. So it's it's a great way and a lot of people think about like, well, I don't really want to grow with this company. I know it's not my future. But the people that you're connecting with while you're at that company now will also probably someday move on from that company. Exactly. So it's not about, I'm going to be married to this company for the next 15 years. Mm-hmm. It's maybe, okay, maybe there are a couple steps ahead of you, mm-hmm. a few years beyond you in their career. Making those connections with them now will help you network with them in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to go find some other great place before you do. Then you can reach out in a couple years and say, hey... Jamal, remember me from, you know, six years ago when we worked together on that project where I volunteered right. to blah blah blah. And suddenly there's a spark of a connection and a way to, you know, have a conversation that will help you down the road mm-hmm. because you did this in the current company that you're at. Obviously it gives you exposure when you're still in the current company. Right. But it can benefit
1: you years down the road. Absolutely. And it's something that can never be taken away. This type of personal professional development, even if it doesn't lead to something like that, but I believe you, and I know this to be true, it it does. It just does. 100%. But let's just say that was not to happen for you. You're still enriching yourself. Yep. And there's a value to yourself in that. There's a value to say, hey, things aren't really going in this company the way I want, but I'm going to learn these things anyway. Well, you're learning these things, yeah. right? And who knows how that will benefit you in the future. Maybe you'll write a book about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll start a podcast about it. Maybe you'll start your own company someday. But you just, that will never be taken away from you. Right. So there's a real value to having that. Which also makes me think about the people who are listening to us right now going, oh, yeah, but you don't understand. None of that will work Yeah, for me, right? <laughs> and You're right, I don't understand. I really don't know what situations you're in specifically. So I will ask you when I ask others, Laura hears me ask other people all the time. What if you could do something?
0: I was was just thinking, oh my gosh, I was just thinking. So uh, spoiler alert, Kelly is offering an amazing workshop series in the Philadelphia area called the What If You Could series. And this whole conversation is making me think about that. It's about approaching a problem with that mindset Mm -hmm. instead of the whole... It'll never work. I know this company. All of that may be true. And just question for a
1: second. What if it's not? What if if you could? What if you could? If it would work. What would that look like? Yeah. What would you do Mm -hmm. if what you wanted was possible? And you can start with the big pie in the sky vision. Yep. And this is, again, where, you know, I always give my husband credit for this. But you just suspend disbelief Mm -hmm. for a minute. And you create that big, audacious picture of what that would look like. Well, Dogs would fly by me in the morning. The doors would <laughs> open up on their own as I walk into the office. Whatever that looks like for you, create that in your mind. And then you start to do the other thing. And I love to do is you start to plan around it. Right. Okay, so if I can't get there, where can I get to? Mm-hmm. What's the first step? What would it look like? And then you can start to put in some of those inputs and variable information that will shape something. because. You may not be able to move the mountain, but you can take the. You can buy the equipment to go hiking. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> and once you get like I think you know I love the whole suspend
0: disbelief and and think about pie in the sky, as you know kind of um, Anne Lamott talks about the writing process and she calls okay. it the SFD, the mm-mm, first draft. <laughs> and if you don't get that SFD out, nothing right, ever comes from right. that. So it's like you do your pie in the sky. And then you eventually carve down to what is realistic. And when you come up with your, maybe your realistic goal is I want to start a, um, a a volunteer project at my company. So I want to get a group of people together that, you know, I know these couple coworkers are really passionate about ending homelessness in the city. Mm -hmm. So I want to get a group of people together. I'm going to contact the shelter. I'm going to take the initiative. So once you get your first goal, if you're not sure what the first step is, work backwards. Mm-hmm. So envision your destination. So, your destination is I'm going to have a group of coworkers that wants to go volunteer at the homeless shelter. Great. Right. What happens just before that? Well, you've probably got a date set with the homeless shelter. Great. And just before that, you make an appointment. And just before right. that, you rally the troops. So, you can do it in either direction. But if the first step is still kind of like, I don't really know, start with the destination. And right. what happens right before you get there? And then you go backwards.
1: And then and suddenly backwards. you have your first step. Oh, and as you were talking, I was just traveling back in time. I was a recruited volunteer at my one of my very first jobs to teach everyone how to use a word processor. Oh, And I would have to go in half an hour early and teach six women wow. how to use a word processor um, because I asked for the word processor. And then okay. they bought them and said, and there you now go. Now you're the now, advocate for right? word processing. So, but that's another thing, too. That, I mean, it can be volunteer passion projects yep. that are nothing to do with the business that have everything to do with the business or it could be functional mm-hmm. projects. Could where, improvement projects. Exactly I mean someone with all of the different types of apps and technology that are out there today right someone just may have an affinity for one and be able to say hey we're going to do a lunch and learn and right. I'm volunteering to show you all the quick tricks. Yep. Right that's a good thing. And and again, all of that type of community building, right, everything, and you, if you could just imagine your brain getting lit up with, you know, all those new synapses, and the neurons start firing, and then they'll wire together, and there's a lot of really good things that come from that. And we know we're in a time where we need that type of creativity. Yeah. We are facing a lot of challenges, a lot of change, and we need different type of thinking for it. Yeah. Like you think differently on April Fools' like exactly. you go know, around like, telling people things that don't really exist, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you mention fish, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> none of that makes sense to me. But it is completely framed no. how I think about April Fools'. Yeah, then. yeah, exactly.
0: And I think you know my biggest takeaway and what I want to leave with with you today is. Don't wait to be asked. You know, so Absolutely. many people, and look, I we've talked about this in previous podcasts, the episode with Steve Van Balen. Mm-hmm. I'm an introvert. I identify as an I in the Myers-Briggs, even though I'm kind of mouthy, but like, I just need a lot of rest. A lot of my fellow introverts out there, peace sign, don't wait to be asked. It's okay. Find an opportunity. Maybe one day you're feeling super confident. Maybe you just had a great meeting with your boss. Mm-hmm. You know, find an opportunity. Don't wait for someone to ask you to do this. If there is something that you really want to do to contribute to your organization doing good business... Take the initiative, take the personal responsibility, Mm -hmm. make the suggestion, make it happen, start to form the committee, you know, put the idea out Mm -hmm. there. And, you know, the absolute worst thing that will ever happen is that you'll be exactly where you are right now.
1: Oh, poignant. But maybe
0: you'll be someplace better. And that's probable. Thanks for doing good business. Happy April Fool's. Make it a good one.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.